folks, welcome to the podcast. It is a pleasure to be here again with Pat Murray and our special guest, Casey Shedd. Casey, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Yeah, very happy to be here. Appreciate you joining. So for those that don't know, uh, Casey Shedd is the president of AFCO, American Fish and Tackle Company, a family-owned and operated business since the 1950s, 1958, if I'm not mistaken. And so they're leaders in um, the industry. They produce quality gear, and they've been innovative and, as I mentioned, been leaders in that space for a long, long time. So we're just going to sit here and have a discussion um, about fishing, uh, about AFCO, about the company, and we'll just see where this thing goes. So, uh, Pat, I'm going to toss the ball to you and sure. let us get rocking and rolling. Sure. And as everyone might guess, um, uh, we all have on at least one piece of AFCO apparel. Um I panicked for a minute, Shane, until I saw the hat. Well, uh, this is the uh, – I'm, I'm naming this one the AFCO Astros hat. Oh, it does have – It is the Astros, Astro colors. It's got Astros colors on it. Yeah. Oh, I think there's a marketing opportunity well, just emerged. I, I looked online, and it's it's not there at, at this moment, but like Pat said. No, no, that's a special hat. That's a that's a uh, one of a – I think there's only a few thousand of those made. And we don't uh, sell it. Okay. So you've, okay. Got, so this you've, got, is a very, you've got a very unique <laughs> item there. Well, I'm going to turn it upside down and around at the next game because game one did not look so good. So we need a – this will be the rally cap. All right. All right. Well, hey, um, and, and Casey, thanks for taking the time. Um, it really – it's always a pleasure to talk to you and as a, an innovator and a leader in um, both the apparel space but also the conservation space. Um, you are an important voice and face in, in our arena. Um but also, too, you have a really long family history in conservation and, um, and, and a really impressive one. Um, and so could you take a minute and, and walk us through that and maybe even how some of that shaped your conservation vision? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um, you know, it really starts with my, my grandfather, Milt Shedd. And uh, the man loved to fish, loved to fish more than, uh, you know, you guys know guys that like to fish. He was, he was in that world of addicts. Right, spent more than 3,500 days on the water um, and was fully just dialed in on the, the offshore thing. And um, what happened is, you know, we've kind of been doing conservation before it was cool, mm-hmm. right? Because it, it wasn't true. a marketing ploy for us. It was a very much a part of our DNA where every year since, um, well, every year we give away 10% of our profits back to resource and conservation issues. And that fully stems uh, from our grandfather was passed down to my father and then now on to me and my siblings in gener- generation three of that process. And, you know, uh, on, the, on the business side, what, what he had kind of see happen was the, the gillnets off our coastline had totally decimated the white sea bass population and had taken it down to, to, to really low levels. And so step one was to use um, his voice and, and his place in the industry and, and our brand uh, to rally the troops to get uh, legislation passed on gillnet bans. And step two in that process was to set up a, a hatchery effort to release uh, juvenile white sea bass back into our oceans to replenish that, uh, that resource. And you, you folks here in Texas are very aware of that sort of process. Um, and it's really been a, um, um, and I think today the CCA in California is, is involved. And we've, um, you know, very much uh, enjoyed that partnership and that support, the amount of volunteer hours that go into that from, you know, these aren't, they're of, they're of course paid staff in this process, but so much of that is done through volunteers, who just care about and love the resource. Yeah. They're showing up for no other reason than they care about fishing. They care about uh, leaving it a better place for the next generation. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's so fun and, and um, really compelling when you see that in action. Yeah, that is exciting. I mean, that's Shane and I talk about that a lot, that that's, that passion 
um, is is so amazing when it's put into action. And I, I like that you made the point that you guys were doing that. Um, really, the giving back before it was cool. You really were. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's that's a neat part of that tradition. Yeah. It was not a um, it was not a business decision for us. Right. Yeah. It was doing the right thing. Yeah. And thankfully, the world has come to expect that out of brands, as yeah. they should. Yeah, that's right. The, 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 the people have stood up and said, no, I need more out of you. I need you to be doing more. And uh, so it's been, I think, encouraging to see as more folks. And there's been a lot of other leaders in the space, many of them CCA partners, mm-hmm. who, who do a lot of good. Um, but it really just starts back with the, 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 the core of the business. We wake up every day. You know, the reality is the bigger our business gets, the more we can do for the resource mm-hmm. because of our model. And so that's kind of what drives us forward is, hey, how do we grow this pie so we can be doing more, um, um, you know, contributing back in a way that uh, lets me enjoy the passion and the, uh, and the resource in, in the way that I personally love it. I know so many others do. Yeah. Well, and you've got an amazing team at AFCO, and I know um, a, a lot of them are probably so amazing because they're anglers and, and they care. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's a, it, it's, um, um, they show up every day. And are excited to put something back into that process because yeah. they know what they're, they know that they're there for the um, one just to be around something they really enjoy being around, but they know that they're there to contribute back in their own way. Yeah, we see that here too. Yeah. I mean, same thing. I mean, not everyone's an angler, but um, but by far most are, and many are hardcore anglers. Yeah, and that and that journey and the development of the company and in your lifetime, what was it like growing up? in that space, you know, going into the warehouse and helping out and then seeing, just seeing the progress that, that the company has made during that time. Yeah. It's fun. Cause you know, folks ask me how long have I worked at AFCO and you know, what's the, the, you know, since you're six, right at the dinner yeah. table <laughs> and to have a mentor that I've had in my father who has been so, um, um, so gracious with his time and it, and it really charged from his father Mm-hmm. right of you know hey son here's what i here's what i expect out of you and to see how that's come into action through how he uh, both runs the business and dedicates his time and energy back into the resource that that was the biggest inspiration for me um you know that's the business cool. side is fun i enjoy that i, I like building new products the yeah. i enjoy the, the the fish industry has some of the, the best humans on earth i feel yeah you know just to be around the fellowship that uh, that takes place in the industry but to to look back at my dad's dedication and it has been very much a dedication of, of energy and time has been a real inspiration for me. Yeah, there's there's probably no more iconic uh, conservation presence and example than your dad. I mean, he he there's he has stood out among the standouts. Well, I'm biased, but I, uh, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. No, it's true, um, and, and I've and I've been doing this a long time, and I and I've worked with some amazing people um, that are in that legendary category, and your dad is clearly one of them. I yeah. mean, he is an icon's icon. And, uh, you know, like so many of us too, right? The, the, your dad or your mom or your parents, the example they've set in the outdoors that got you into fishing, your granddad and mm-hmm. uncle got you into fishing. Um, you know, so he's passed on that heritage, but in, in the same way, he's also tried to pass on a conservation ethos and ethos. Yeah. That's, and I tell you, uh, to switch gears a little bit, but the evolution of AFCO has been interesting because, you know, as a young angler, you knew AFCO from roller guides and yep. maybe board shorts and, um, you know, stuff on, on big boats and what have you. Um, and then now it's a leader in apparel in, in our space. And, um, you know, the great businesses are the ones that continue to evolve like that. And so that's, can you walk us through a little bit of that? 
Yeah, you know, I joke because the the generation three is generally the one that messes it all up. Yeah. So, because <laughs> uh, it's hard, it's it's hard to you do have to change and you do yeah. have to evolve. Um, we still have a a small machine shop in California where we manufacture roller guides and unibuds, all American made goods. And in the late '80s, we started to get into apparel, and we made a short called the original fishing short, which is still today the world's best uh, uh, selling fishing short. But over time, just forcing ourselves to grow and to figure out. Um, servicing the needs of, of anglers. Mm -hmm. And that's really what is drive is driven that development process is, well, what do you need? Um, and how can we make your experience a little more comfortable? And so today we are very much in apparel business. We're still in the hard, in the tackle side of the business and it's a still very important uh, and healthy part of the business. But you know, my lens under which I look at the company is, 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 is more so in apparel business, which is not all that uncommon. Some of the most iconic brands tended to start in hard goods in some, in some capacity and then over time developed into the, the apparel side of it. Oh, that's interesting. You're right. I didn't really think about that. I think even like uh, even Abercrombie and Fitch at one point, I think was a sporting goods, like outdoor, purely like a hard goods, right, retailer. Yeah. And that devolved in a terrible way. Um, but there's a lot of really good examples of iconic brands who were building um, uh, 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 physical hard goods, physical hardware that have uh, evolved that into apparel. That's fascinating. Kind of like in the surf world, right? So the Hurleys, he was a board shaper that turned into a big apparel business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the, the has been similar for at least for us in our business, okay. that kind of transition. I'll tell you what got me through. We had a big freeze here in Texas in uh, this past February, and what got me through that was the Reaper hoodie, which I think you gave to me yeah, as, yeah. as a gift. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That thing, and I've heard from other anglers, guides here yep. in Texas that, that have bought that, and they said, hands down, it's the best piece of it, gear, it, clothing apparel. That it, they, and it that came they from guys, you, you, you'll. You'll be very familiar with it when you're running in the early morning, mm -hmm. and that that just that that bitterness, that that freeze you get on your face, right in that in that cool wind, um, uh, it, it's a terrible feeling. And so the Reaper, which has that integrated kind of face warmer, mm -hmm. came out of that, right? Came out of that feedback, either spending you know time directly ourselves in the water and experiencing that, and talking to other guides. And yeah, that has that has become a real popular product for us. And it's I'd, funny. I mean, it's funny because I, I, I'm, I'm of the exact same mind, and um, and that gear. Well, I remember sending you a note when I first wore that gear. I was like, you know, if that gear had been around when I was fish guiding, I might have been able to do it a little longer because <laughs> we had such garbage then. I mean, it was blue jeans and flannel shirts and then like a like a, a cotton hoodie, you know, and it was the, the evolution of gear um, in the fishing space has been remarkable. It, it's and it's and it's funny that it took so long. It seems to me like it took so long. It's kind of the old, you know, why did it take us so long to put wheels on luggage? Is it's like why did it take so long? What was it that new materials came about, or people just got more clever and creative, or what happened? Yeah, I you know, um, it's happened in tackle too. Mm -hmm. Just the the um, uh, the accessibility and the ease of. Um, um, of that has come through in so many different ways, mm -hmm. but uh, a lot of it's around uh, fabric awareness and fabric innovation, and understanding the 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 um, what cotton's really good at, what synthetics are really good at, uh, what waterproofing materials um, uh, work where, right, and how do you uh, lighten those materials, and so that's you know that's been influenced um, large part probably by the the big athletic brands who've driven a lot of, you know, the Nikes of the world, who have okay. driven a lot of that innovation. That makes sense. Yeah. And that makes that's sense. trickled down into all kinds of fun ways. And so uh, for a company like AFCO, we, we've found ways to, to, to take those kinds of fabrics and to um, evolve them for the needs of, of anglers. Yeah, because it's amazing how, um, I mean, I still have vivid memories of winter trips and just being miserable, you know, because it was just, you're just, 
smoked by the wind and um and, and wind burned and whatever all and that's just not the case anymore there are so many adaptive pieces of clothing that can that are easy on off so you know particularly typical for well fish in most areas but but texas is really good about being real cold then real yep. hot then real humid and all in one day and it's it's just amazing how far that's come yeah you know the uh, some of our earlier products were really for um, the tropics right mm-hmm. and so you know cooling fabrics lighter fabrics fabrics with um, a certain mesh construction so about how you actually weave the yarn itself to provide additional kind of ventilation and, and to cool your body um, but uh, yeah it is it is it's fun to see and it's it's you know you see in electronics right mm-hmm. those get what what where we are today in electronics and our ability to basically take a photo underwater and then you know the, the the innovation that's happened outside of the fishing world borrowing that and bringing that back into the electronics on our boats it's a it's a very different picture you get today than you had you know 50 years ago and that yeah. is true that is true there's i think there is a lot of shared knowledge um, and even within the space, you know, I always find myself talking that if you want to see what's next in saltwater fishing, look at the bass fishermen because they're always ahead yep. of us on tackle and lures. Um, you know, they threw topwaters before saltwater did for the most part. Um, and it, so what is, is it the sports apparel that's driving the fishing apparel? Do you think what's our, what was the leader that you look to? Well, um, and interesting on that, you look to the bass market and what the bass market looks is to Japan. Now, oh, interesting. Because that is such a pressured fishery. And that culture is so brilliant engineering and, oh, tink- and sorting through things. So a lot, a lot of that influence really originates in, in Japan. That trickles down to the bass market, and then the saltwater guys look at that and say, hey, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Fascinating. That's interesting. That we, we've Makes actu- sense. We've actually, um, you know, the, the one thing that, I've, that we've seen change is just the, I would say, just the care of your harvest, right? The, the, the care of, um, um, and, and anglers have, have known this, and, and hunters in particular have really known this, right? Taking care of the... Of, of the fish that you're harvesting mm-hmm. but um we've looked to japan and how they've processed their fish right the, sort of the leaders in sushi and they've got a number of fish care techniques there where that we now us as a company have looked to um uh really methods that were going on there and starting to borrow some of that and implementing that for the u.s market i love that and uh, you implement that through products that you that you offer yeah um, it's it's both an educational effort on the process mm-hmm. and products uh we just released something this year called ikajime it's an ikajime process essentially it's a medical grade wire uh that you run through the the spinal cord of a, of a fish and it initially shuts or it immediately shuts everything down and so um the amino acids and the the, the uh, what the what the fish is going through it stops all of that um, so, you know, it starts with that running that Ikijimi wire back through the spinal cord yeah. and then, um, uh, uh, how you bleed the fish, how you treat it on ice, um, the whole process. So some of it's just an education effort to making folks aware of, you know, brain spiking the fish, running the, the, the Ikijimi, um, we call it the circuit breaker back through the spinal cord, um, uh, icing the fish down, uh, even to how you package the fish. So it's both, it's both products driven, but it's more than that. It's just a, uh, an education effort. Yeah, that's so good. It's an, it's an ethic because... Yep. You know, you think of the days of, you know, large limits and people piling up fillets on a hot, you know, fillet table in yeah. the sun. It's just, it's, it's wonderful to see the evolution of respect for that product. And because I think embedded in that is a respect for the species and the health of the species. And particularly as we have, you know, smaller limits and just as fisheries management evolves, treating that incredible meat of whatever species it may be, um, treating it that way, I think is part of the whole conservation ethic and part of the whole lifestyle that we spend a lot of time talking about. Yeah, and it does two things. One is it lets you do more with that meat 
it lets you use um, uh, pieces of the fish that maybe you weren't looking at before. Yeah. And it um, uh, lets that fish last longer. So it, it, it does directly contribute back to, you know, looking at an animal and how do we make the best use of this. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a, you know, bluefin tuna. I mean, this, that, that technique would work on a redfish. You know, I mean, it's, it, it will make any fish better. Yeah, and I, that, that's, um, you know, again, to look back to Japan, that's what, um, you know, they have made use of species that we maybe here have dismissed, mm-hmm. right? And had they just been processed the correct way, it's actually an, um, uh, it's an amazing piece of meat. And it's just about ensuring that you've processed and handled that fish appropriately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're right on the, on the redfish side, and there's a number of, of species here that um, uh, folks don't know how good they, they taste. Yeah. And they don't know how good they can taste. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, it, it just that alone is an incredible takeaway for people. Even, even doing the simple things of how they handle it in terms of icing it and what have you is just such a game changer on quality of product. I mean, it really is. And then yeah. you start to talk about introducing techniques like that. I love it. I yep. love that idea. It's ensuring you bleed the fish appropriately, immediately getting in an ice flurry, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. an ice bath, ice bath of some kind, um, and then actually processing the fish correctly. Yeah. That's it, and it does, uh, Pat, you had mentioned, it really does tie back into the, uh, the, work, the, the work really that CCA does, mm-hmm. on the, uh, which is why this is such a fun partnership for us, right, because it feels like such a, uh, the appropriate marriage mm-hmm. of, um, uh, you know, both taking care of your, of your fish, but then taking care of the resource under which that fish lives in. So ensuring you're, you're um, uh, building the right habitat, ensuring that we have the, um, the right rules in place and that, uh, you know, we're respecting those rules. Um, the policy side of, of, of that, which is the one th- thing that I don't think CCA and Pat, you in particular, get enough credit for, is, is um, your, your, the, the organization's ability to get in front of leaders, uh, decision makers, and ensure that um, you know we're making the right decisions, mm-hmm. and ensure that we're making decisions that are looking out after uh, the longevity of, of species. And you know, we, we, we know a lot about um, CCA had come to California a number of years ago, and it's been really uh, encouraging to see that 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 grow there. Um, and we know a lot about the habitat that's built. We also know a lot about the star tournament, but a lot of the work that goes on behind the scenes to ensure a accessible, right, and healthy resource for anglers is is um, so a place where I feel the CCA really shines. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's cliche, but it's it's the people. Um, it's folks like you. It's folks like your dad. Um, it's people giving their valuable time, um, their resources. We have you know tens of thousands of volunteers through our network, and they're the they are undoubtedly where the action comes. Be it a you know a local chapter um, putting on an event, people doing things to help out hatcheries, to people advocating. You know, people getting involved. Um, and Shane and I spend a lot of time trying to help promote that and, and talking about it. If people just getting active with the decision makers themselves as constituents and, um, and CCA has been incredibly blessed to have, um, just some amazing people. I mean, there's a lot of amazing people in fishing, um, and, and it's groups like CCA and there's others that are like this. They are definitely the tenderloin of that. They are these remarkable men and women, um, that like I say, fill out a number of acronym organizations and make a difference for our oceans. Yeah, and the grassroots efforts is 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 evergreen. I mean, it never gets old. It it it's always relevant. Mm-hmm. And you you couldn't do a lot of the things that we do, most of the things that we do, without your everyday angler mm-hmm. uh, calling their representative or attending a meeting or giving public comment or you know signing a petition. It's powerful. Whatever it, it makes it makes a huge difference. And then to have the backing of leaders in 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 the space, such as AFCO. Um, 
it, it really helps uh, carry a lot of weight when we go in and, and speak with with elected officials and 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 um, representatives and things of that nature. And, and you know the the uh, the Yetis of the world, Costa, mm-hmm. Shimano, uh, Yamaha. There's there's so many other brands in our space who have who who you know that along with the well, there's there's 55 maybe 60 million anglers in this country. Um, not all saltwater anglers, but just you know fishermen. Sure. And um, that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of people who are both enjoy the resource but care about it deeply. And um, when that when that is put uh, put forth for good, you know, there's a, there's a lot that can happen. Yeah, and that's that, the integration of brands into conservation. I guess this is kind of where we even started um, this conversation. But boy, that's been high impact because you get those those brands you just named, and, I, and I'll use AFCO as, as as one of the leaders in it. You know, you can get in front of a bunch of people and ones that might be somewhat inorganic to our space. Uh, or to the conservation work that that they, they may not know they're capable of being a part of. And through the, the amazing things you all do and others um, to promote that is is the way we continue to grow that conservation ethic yeah. and, and, and let it spread through that, you know, 55 million as it becomes 100 million. Um, and the, the the leverage that brands have is, is another powerful piece of that puzzle. Yeah. To sh- I want to shift real quick. And, and and go back into um, development and, and apparel. And a part of that process, obviously, you have to do some field testing. You have to get feedback from anglers, from, um, I, I assume, ambassadors or pro staff. I don't know what y'all what y'all call them. But when you walk through, when you go through that process, what is how long does that take? And 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 what sort of feedback do you get? Um, as you're, as you're developing this process, how does that exchange work? Yeah, it's not just part of that process. It's the most important part is, is um, you know, um, the, the, the fun part about working in the fishing business is you get to be around it a lot, but you don't actually get to spend near as many days on the water as, as, as you would like to. Yeah, we always find that ironic around here. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, but um, there are so many folks who, who uh, either uh, who make their living off the, uh, um, right off the resource through guiding, and that is generally where we see our best uh, our, our best info okay. is um, asking what you need, right? What are your problem? What are your pain points? Um, what are you borrowing from other spaces, right? Is there, is there certain brands that you're using or certain products you're using? Um, and sometimes it's adapting it to fishing. Sometimes it's fully unique concepts like the, like that Reaper. Mm-hmm. But I w- the, it's changed a lot too with the, the supply chain issues and everything. But we had just uh, put the designs to bed for spring 2023. So if you talk about a timeline, those, those uh, designs are drawn up. The tech packs are built, which is sort of the specifications of, of um, uh, the fit and function of garments. And uh, before that, you know, we would have started six months ago on collecting feedback, talking to folks, maybe had some prototypes out there. And then we'll, we'll send the designs off to our uh, partner manufacturers, get back sort of first prototypes, then then field tested again. Mm-hmm. You know, how, is the zipper in the right place? A lot of times, you, have, you know, on outerwear, for example, maybe a pocket's catching water. Maybe it's awkward to use. Uh, on the pair of shorts, is the plier pocket in the right in the right spot? How does it just fit? You know, are you comfortable? Is there a pressure point, or is it is it awkward somewhere? And um, you know, getting in on in the case of apparel, getting on body types, right? Generally, most a lot of guys don't necessarily look like us. These real thin little guys. There's all kinds of different body types, so you've got to kind of walk through that process of how does it fit on a five six guy? Does it fit on a guy that's six two? A guy that's bigger? A guy that's smaller? That's yeah. interesting. And so that is the um, in the tackle side of the business, it's, it's much more about the function and longevity of an item. And on the apparel side of the business, it's, it's about those things, of course, but it's also the, the fit part of that is, 
um, you know, our fits tend to be a little bigger than, uh, you know, some brands, right? That's to fit the needs of our customer. Um, we kind of, we, we would scale up in certain sizes and scale down in certain sizes just to shape the, the body types that we're, that we're selling to. But so that fit side of it is, a, is an important piece that I think a lot of folks sort of overlook. Yeah. And that, that whole process is, to me, it's fascinating. And it's, you know, a lot, a lot of it I am not, or it wasn't prior to, to, to you explaining it familiar with, but I just think that the amount of, of preparation and work and exchange that you have to have to develop a product that you that you hope people will will buy is it's, it's fascinating and and I'm sure that there's some there are some um, that don't hit the mark. Yep. But you know you do all that work on the front end to ensure that 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 most of them do. And um, and the fun part about that for us has been um, you kind of were asking a little bit about it earlier, Pat, of the you know where does that inspiration come from? And it's like in so many things you want a diversity of opinions. Right, you, if it's just a bunch of fishermen, you're gonna you're gonna miss some things. Mm-hmm. So our design director Jillian had um, uh, was previously at Reebok. Uh, before that, was building for a company called Climb, which is like a really high end outerwear for um, uh, uh, like snowmobiles. Right, so like this very niche thing. She, she, she's borrowed a lot from that world on the the technical outerwear side. Uh, she's borrowed a lot from her Reebok experience. Our um, head of sourcing development was at uh, Billabong for a long time, so that she kind of understands the manufacturing process. And Interesting. Some of the fit. Um, you know, you get folks involved. You know, the, the anglers involved. Uh, our marketing director Matt Florentino is a very diehard in uh, calico bass. Is for us in the saltwater uh, in California. So you get his input involved, and so you you take together these uh, these various opinions that all, um, and that's when we find sort of that marriage to work the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. Angler driven. Right and angler feedback driven, and the t- and the team is is um, uh, building it with that in mind, but ensuring that there's a sort of a diversity of opinion in that process is one we've found sort of the most success. And it seems like you do a really good job of integrating the insights of of pro anglers, um, and I've noticed it in particular in in say your catalogs and whatever. You know, I'll just um, pick on one because I kind of want to touch a different question in a second. But is um, is Mo Newman? Sure. And um, that. It, it feels like from the catalog, she's really involved in the apparel design and the functionality. To, to the extent that she was at our sales meeting one year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she is not just involved. She, uh, she's the reason a number of items exist. See, that's wow. cool. And, 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 then and the, what a wonder, wonderful human, by the way. I well, mean, Mo is as, as legitimate as they come. Well, and so that's where I want to go. So um, because um, I knew of Mo, but she kind of got on my radar um, at Cheryl's booth and I cast one yep. year. And your father had introduced me to her. And, um, but what you all are doing in her being a part of that, and she's a part of many brands, all, yep. many of the brands that we just mentioned, all really great brands, um, is elevating um, the visibility of legitimate female fishermen. And I think that's so important. I think there, there was a time where, particularly in print publications, women were, not, were portrayed in a somewhat misogynistic way um, in terms of fishing. And, and that has evolved so far and so positively. And I think it's folks like y'all getting legit, hardcore, proven anglers like Mo in the public eye. Oh, she'll outfish yeah. all of us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Shane, we hadn't, we hadn't fished together, so I don't know that for sure. But uh, she, she'll outfish anyone that I've fished with. No, yeah. I'm and, quite certain she would. And, 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 and it probably could outrun us, too. I yes. Think. <laughs> so, and, I mean, and there's way more of that than we know of. Yeah, I agree with that. And so I, so I agree with that. And so when you, and I think when you elevate that, um, we see the same thing in marine science, that by elevating these really impressive women, I think it makes 
more women want to get involved and see that it, it really is something great, or also the ones that are involved, get them more into the process. Yeah. And, and that's a great thing. I mean, and an important thing. You know, to kind of connect yeah. the dots here, um, uh, uh, Mo and, her, um, and Eric um, down in Venice, right? And Venice has all kinds of, of um, challenges. Um, and they're big champions and leaders on the conservation side of things as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Um, the, uh, one of the, uh, the Manhattan topic that's going down mm-hmm. in Louisiana, mm-hmm. who put that on our radar first was, uh, was Eric. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it is so tied in to um, both on the product development side, but also just on the resource side. Those on the boots on the ground, right? Um, th- that, that has become so important both on, uh, really on both those ends. Yeah. That's- the other thing that's changed a lot too is uh, the internet. Mm-hmm. And so the, the ability to get direct feedback from customers, right? The average person that's using the product and mining through that feedback on maybe running an ad on Facebook and looking through the comments and seeing what is the real feedback, you know, mm-hmm. not a watered down version. I don't know you, you don't know me, you're going to speak your truth. So looking through the, the actual feedback, both there and on our website, that has been a really important part of our process as well. That's interesting. Yeah. And that's changed. You know, I, you know, you used to have to get it just from ambassadors, uh, our retail partners, and very influential and helpful in that way. But the amount of direct customer feedback that we can now receive has changed a lot about the development process. Interesting. Would you say that's across um, all apparel brands? I mean, would, would the same thing play out in a surf brand with the same thing? Do you think everyone's looking at it that way? Yeah, I think it's, uh, yes. Um, more so on the technical. Okay. With fit and, you know, and the other, the other nice thing is, you know, we, we feel like we certainly stand by our products and build products that are going to last a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, but if you've ever fallen short or if another brand falls short, you certainly hear that. And I think that's a good thing right? Um, giving people that voice to say, stay away from this thing. I'm not going to pick on anyone, but stay away from this thing because it's not, not meeting expectations or it's not actually built for the long term. Yeah. Um, I think that's been real influential in that process. And I, I think it's probably true in, uh, in tackle. I mean, it's true in a lot of industries, right? The yeah. ability mm-hmm. for, it's true in so much of the world, right? The ability for individuals to speak up um, and to give direct feedback. But I, yeah, I think that, that has been a big change in our industry um, for folks to give their direct feedback. That's interesting. And I, you know, um, this is a little bit of a digression, but, um, you know, so we've seen a lot of people come to fishing now, sort of uh, pandemic, post-pandemic. Hopefully, we're a lot more post-pandemic than pandemic. And um, and so there's more people getting involved. They're buying apparel. They're, you know, they're in, they're embracing the lifestyle. You know, it's not just they're going to the water and fishing for a few days. They're actually buying technical gear and new rods and reels and all that. How sticky do you – and this, I don't know if anybody can – predict this but how sticky do you think that trend is going to be and what are you seeing manifest in y'all's business that that would give you an indication of either hope or concern it is um, stickier than i would have thought to be honest and we look at it both in our um in our uh, sales of our products sales of you know other folks that we know you look at it in boat sales right just the number of boats that are still on back order that wasn't just folks buying boats in peak pandemic because they needed to get away there's i think there's been a cultural shift there um at the same time there's there's the big fear is that the reality is the average angler is not spending all that many days on the water, right? And is not all that comfortable. What, there's so many unanswered questions. There's, you know, even what apparel do I buy? What products do I, you know, what, 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 uh, you know, what rod and reel do I need for this specific inshore species? How do I care for my catch? How do I, in the case of offshore, how do I properly wear a harness? How do I, right? And so I, I do think the biggest threat there is um, and not doing enough education on that front. And not making it accessible enough. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've 
the reality is the more people we have fishing, the better it is for all of us. And I think there's sometimes a stigma of my boat ramps are crowded or my, but no, you've got that backwards. You know, as far as uh, our ability to use our voice, our ability to get good things done, the more of us we have on the water, uh, the better it is for all of us. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's very true in our space. And I might even, I've told this story many times, so I might even done it when, when, in one of Shane my conversations. But um, there was a, a mentor, a fishing guide, um, David Wright, is deceased. But I remember one time complaining about all my spots were covered up or who knows what I was complaining about. And he shook his grisly little finger at me. He said, you better hope all these people are out here and you're covered up or you're out of business. Yep. And that's true in the apparel business, the guiding business, the conservation business, the every business is more anglers is better. It can be frustrating, but because we have all the more chance of picking up some of them as advocates and, and we need that. Yeah. And, and local governments understanding their influence and their, um, you know, I get pretty jealous of Texas being from California and the, the way that this state looks at after the resource and the outdoor community is different than it is in a lot of places, at least I, I can just compare it to California. And that is because there is so many people uh, responsibly using that resource. And the, um, it just forces the, the local, state, federal governments to um, manage that in a way that is both for the long term and manage it with the recreational angler in mind. Um, and so, yeah, it's a really, it's pretty encouraging and fun for me to come to Texas and to see the, the, the level of just, um, uh, what a whole, what a holistic and, um, uh, just total commitment it is by the, by the, not all cases, I'm sure, but by the state, um, to protect the resource for, for recreational anglers. Yeah. And I, and I do think there's, um, in a lot of places, not just in Texas, but there's such a greater appreciation of the economics, which I think is what you were sort of touching on. Yep. The, the economics of angling um, are, are so real. And I think I have seen this, at least federally. Um, there is a much greater appreciation of that now among legislators and key decision makers. They get it because um, we'd always talk about, you know, all these big numbers of, you know, it's this many million here, and this many billion there because of everything from hotels to boat motors. But I think what changed is they finally started to get how many jobs it created. Because just like you're talking about backlogs yep. with, with boats, well, then that makes people go build an additional manufacturing facility. And yep. then, so there's all the more people working, and that's just a beautiful circle. And the, the, the North American model of conservation sure. yeah. is, such an, um, uh, is such an elegant system. Yeah, and the, the the funding that's provided through excise tax and through the system, which is you know a lot of that's angler led, um, it, it's it's a flywheel, right? It feeds mm-hmm, into that. Mm-hmm. And the the more responsible um, anglers we have on the water, the more that system grows, and the better we can look at, after the resource and enjoy it. Which you know at the end of the day, that's what you know we want to make sure we're spending enough time um, actually getting to experience the the the, the beauty of, of of our oceans. I love it. That captures it. Yep. Do you have a final thought? Well, you know, well, you uh, know the last okay, cast. Okay, so this is funny. So what I was literally just thinking was that was a wonderful way to kind of end this. And I thought, you know, for once, he's not going to hit me with what's the last cast. <laughs> no. I, I was like, he's <laughs> going to definitely hit Casey with it. Well, okay. I, I, we, we can hand the rod to Casey. See, okay, thank you. I got out of it. So because I usually get hit with that. Yeah, so, so we, final thought, last cast to wrap up this, this episode. Is there anything you want to leave the listeners with? But beforehand, thank you again for joining us. Yeah, thank uh, you. This has been insightful. And I've just been kicking back listening because um, I forgot I had the headsets on just because I was so enthralled with the conversation. So 
thank you. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me. Um, and no, no, no last thoughts. I just uh, so thankful for the CCA platform, frankly, um, and so thankful for the um, uh, the work that gets done through uh, the people in this building, but much bigger than that, right? The, the 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 broader network of folks that just care, and it's an encouraging thing for someone like myself to see. Uh, and I know it's a very encouraging, inspiring thing for so many others to to look at the the type of work you guys are doing. Um, it's a it's a you're a real treasure, and uh, you know the the sport is in a better place for uh, your stewardship. So just appreciate appreciate ha you know who you guys are, and appreciate you kind of you know uh, giving us a little time to walk through these things. Excellent, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks guys. Thank you. Yeah.